I couldn't be my full self and I felt like I couldn't be as fully confident as I wanted to be because sometimes when kids are confident the other kids will see and think oh you know she's a bit cocky or whatever it is and will then try and pinpoint their insecurities to use against them so it was like I always had a fear of that so I thought I'll just not put myself out there so much because then I won't have that worry of oh what if they come back at me and dig at my insecurity which it was a massive insecurity of mine. Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted, as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm Carl, your host, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. For anyone who's listening to this on the podcast, I'm actually recording with video now, so you can hop onto YouTube and actually watch the episode as well as listen to it. So sometimes for people, if you're out going for a walk or, you know, you're working, listening on the podcast is fantastic and that won't change. But it's just to let you know that given some of the feedback I received on some recent episodes that were recorded, you can now watch Weight Loss Warrior as well. I'm joined today by a very special guest from Kent in the UK. Her name's Liv and she's lost an incredible eight stone as part of her journey so far. Liv, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you? Really well, thank you. Kids have just gone back to school, so it's getting back into the routine now. So Liv, like I said, you've you've lost a, a great amount of weight. I know that today you're not at the end of the journey that you've set out on. Mm-hmm. So I'd absolutely love to hear about, you know, where you've come from in terms of starting your journey how that's progressed and also look at your future goals as well and and find out a bit more about what's coming up for you and in in the near future and and beyond because obviously losing weight is a lifestyle change it's something that we don't just do for a temporary amount of time if you want to make it sustainable and um, the other thing I absolutely love as well is that you've done this for the most part with calorie counting and this is how I lost weight last year I still track my calories on a daily basis and I I think it's one of the healthiest and most sustainable ways of actually losing weight and controlling your weight, not necessarily just to lose weight, but also for people who want to gain weight, people who want to stay the same weight. It's for me quite important to know the value of the food that you're putting into your body and what your body requires to to go up, to go down or to stay the same. So before we get into that, I've spoken enough. I'm going to hand over to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Liv? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name's Liv. Uh, I'm 27. I'm from Kent. I grew up on a small island called the Isle of Sheppey. Live with my boyfriend. We're renting still because you know what that's like at the moment. Um, but we live with our two pets. I've got a little a little cat called Betty who's probably around here somewhere. And then our little rescue dog, Jimmy. Uh, who does feature on my Instagram page sometimes as well, as you know. Fantastic. And I have to say, Jimmy is absolutely adorable <laughs> and he's a lovely dog. And so, mm-hmm. if, if you know, we'll obviously share your Instagram details at the end of the episode. But if for nothing else, follow Liv on Instagram <laughs> just to see Jimmy. He's awesome. I've, I don't think I've seen Betty before, actually. So maybe she'll make an appearance on this episode. Who knows? But yeah. um, as somebody who's got cats and a dog as well, 
you know, love animals. So it's, it's very nice to share that. There's one more thing as well. Speaking of animals, we love most mm. animals, don't we, Liv? Yes. There's, there's one creature that we're not a fan of. And this is actually the reason mm. I mention it, because this is how we began speaking. When I reached out to Liv to say, hey, I'd absolutely love to have you on the podcast. Uh, I saw that she'd mentioned she doesn't like ostriches. And to be honest with you, neither do I. And I've got a good reason for it, which I'll share quickly. Mm. We were at an animal park one day and I was trying to take this lovely photo of an ostrich. So, although I don't know if it's for beady eyes, but there's something curious about them. For me, they kind of look like dinosaurs. I don't know yeah. if that's something you think. They kind of got like this really prehistoric dinosaur looking face and the way they, their movements are very jagged. I was trying to take this photo of, of an ostrich and as I was taking it, it snatched the phone out of my hand and the phone fell in. It was a brand new phone. Well, I've had it maybe two weeks and it fell in all this oh, mud. Geez. And since that day, I've kind of had a thing against ostriches. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's I mean. some nice ones out there. I don't know. But you don't like them either. No, I don't. I don't even think there's a nice one. I can't imagine it. You've never they're, met a nice ostrich. I've never met a nice one. No, they're just. It is. It's the way they move. The fact that their body's so big, but their head's so small, and and that mm-hmm. they're just birds but giant. I just. No, yeah. It freaks me out. And they look out. grumpy as well. Yeah. They, they always look like angry. But then again, same. If you've ever seen the size of an ostrich egg, I think I'd be pretty angry if I yeah. popped that out of myself. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Do you know what? Fair play. Anyway. We'll leave the nature talks to David Attenborough and we'll move on with uh, the podcast. So your journey, as I said, I mentioned before, you've lost over eight stone and having looked at your backstory and and Instagram, I'm going to, having read it, you know, things you've said yourself, you were quite an unhappy place before you decided to start losing weight. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey of gaining weight and up until the point where you decided to make a change? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I, I, I was always a big kid. Like, I, I've always been big. I've, I've never been one of those people that, you know, you hear about people who are so thin and then they get to sort of 20, 22, and then it starts slowly coming on. It was never like that for me. I was always just a bigger kid, you know, and okay. all through teenage years, that was you know kids are horrible so that was quite rough but then I think as I got to it probably was about 18 19 for me I first of all I learned how to drive so then you have all of these fast food places at your fingertips and I also fell in love uh with my with my boyfriend I'm still with now so I think you know that happy relationship weight that just piled on he loves food as well so I think it just came from there, but you don't even notice it at the time because it happened so gradually and it just, it happened, yeah, I would say over a number of years and then it got to a place where, you know, it was stopping me being able to do things that I wanted to do. It was just restricting just things like things that smaller people probably would never think about, you know, like going to a theme park, you know, like Thought Park is like an hour down the road from us. Um, going on rides things like that going to a restaurant you're thinking what are the chairs going to be like you know when you're that big you're thinking of things like that and the cinema um I'm I'm you know quite into fashion and clothes and things like that which as a plus size person is just near on impossible you know you you wear especially at the size I was you wear what you can wear and not what you actually want to wear and feel like represents who you are inside. So I think it just got to a point there 
where I just I was I was really miserable um and I was trying to plod along and think no I'm okay I'm okay I think I'd accepted in myself this is just how life is going to be for me um so yeah I, it was it was kind of a place of god like this is just ridiculous but it took me a long time to realize that what age were you when you decided that you were going to make a change because you said obviously going through teenage years going through school you struggled and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing there was some bullying there as well we're listening to what you said you know kids can be hard and yeah I mean growing up in the UK high school yeah you can be the most normal person mm-hmm. you know you could be popular but then be bullied for the most ridiculous thing. You could be unpopular and re- bullied for something significant, mm. insignificant. Children will latch onto something once they realise it bothers you. 100%. And they will hammer you for it. Yeah. And so when it's something like the colour shoes you wear, which I've seen and, you know, kids in my tutor group were bullied for because of what they wore or the way their hair was cut mm. because they had spots, just so many things. They realise it gets to you. Mm. And that's that's almost opening a door for them to continue doing it. Yeah. But something as I'll say impacting as as being judged and bullied because of your weight, yeah, I think carries a lot more hurt than say the colour shoes you're wearing because ultimately you can go home, you can take your shoes off, you can get a new pair of shoes. But that's it's, it's kind of attacking the person that you mm. are, but not even really the person you are, a part of the person that you are. Because 100%. people don't really look beyond the physical appearance a lot of the time or, or spend time to get to know the person. Mm. And there are some lovely people out there, don't get me wrong, not everyone's like that, but I think that it can be difficult, especially during teenage years. And this is coming from my experiences as well. You know, I was kind of lucky, but mm. I didn't really get bullied. I was very much in the middle in terms of I had friends in the cool group. I had friends whose life were made miserable by bullies, mm. but I, I just tried to be nice to everyone. Yeah. And in that way, I feel like, you know, it kind of was reciprocated. Yeah. But um, so how old were you? Sorry, Liv, I did ask you a question at the beginning of that. Um, so I must have been, I think I was 24 when I started. Okay. And it's, the. I think the reason why it kind of was so much later is because I did attempt it a good few times before that. Um, but it was just, my, my head wasn't in it, I think. Um, Going back with what you're saying about school, I I, I don't want to pretend like I was horrifically bullied because it, it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. And I did have friends. It was just a case of there's always that one thing. And like you say, it's not something that you can just go and change overnight, like shoes or whatever it is. But yeah, I, d- I did have friends, but it was just that thing that I couldn't be my full self and I felt like I couldn't be as fully confident as I wanted to be because what if they then you know sometimes when when kids mm-hmm. are confident they the other kids will see and think oh she you know she's a bit cocky or whatever it is and will then try and pinpoint their insecurities to use against them so it was like I always had a fear of that so I thought I'll just not put myself out there so much because then I won't have that worry of oh what if they come back at me and think and, you know, dig at my insecurity, which it was a massive insecurity of mine. So it's not actually the the act of being bullied as such, but it's the fear of judgment. And like mm. you said, if you put yourself out there, 
the judgment that may came back to you or not having that confidence to do something just in case somebody says something to you. So you kind of cocoon yourself and, and put up a shield or, or just hide away mm. because, and that, that can be really difficult as well because of the fact that you, this person, you're, you know, just bursting to be and yeah. all of these conversations you'd like to have, things you'd like to put yourself forward for, but you don't just because of that fear of judgment, because you don't consider yourself worthy to do it yeah because of how people might react and that's i think such a normal emotion and behavior for teenagers anyway because you're on this journey of self-discovery and you want to just conform so anything mm. stepping outside of a comfort zone is kind of putting yourself out there at risk exactly but unfortunately that has an impact on us as young adults and into adulthood because a lot of those fears that we carry and limiting self-beliefs that we develop at a young age take us through into adulthood yeah. which can work against us yeah and i would imagine at some level live you're probably still working through some of those yeah and i would say so i mean i it is one thing that weight loss has brought me is a lot more confidence i don't i don't even know if it's because of what i look like now because i i'm still not looking how i want to look if if that makes sense but okay. i think what's given me confidence through losing weight is achieving things that i just wouldn't have you know I, I had zero self-belief before I started and very little confidence in myself so to see this achievement that I've made so far and even things like you know 16 year old me would have never have stepped into a gym because it's like if anyone's going to judge you for your weight or this is what I thought if anyone's going to judge you for your weight it will be people inside of a gym so avoid avoid at all costs and now the mm -hmm. fact that I can go and I'll go there, you know, a few times a week and I feel comfortable as anything, things like that. I'm like, that's what gives me confidence is that I've achieved things like that. Um, not so much the way that I look, but yeah, it's what I've achieved so far, I think is where that's come from. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I think it's very, very true that the, the only way really to to overcome these self-limiting beliefs is to really overcome them mm. and prove yourself that you can do these things and, and understand. So for you then, Liv, when you made that decision at like 24 years old, um, was there one particular moment that springs to mind or one particular thing? You're nodding there. So I'm guessing there was mm -hmm. something that happened. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I it was it was always in the back of my mind for a long time and it was it was things like I was saying about just everyday limitations and not being able to live like a 20 something you know with going out going to restaurants cinemas theme parks whatever it was holidays you know with with um airplane seats things like that so many things you wouldn't think of um so things like that, that was causing it to be in the back of my mind a lot but then um it was towards the end of 2020, I started getting really bad pains in my stomach and round to my back. Um, and I had it a few times, like it would last for a couple of hours and it was really painful episodes. Um, it would make me be sick. And I was just thinking, what the hell is this? And I spoke to my mum about it and she said, it sounds like gallstones. My mum had gallstones when she had my older sister I should probably explain for anyone that doesn't know what gallstones are. So you have your gallbladder that sits just the right upper right side of your abdomen. And if it's functioning normally, 
it has acid in there. So then when you eat and the food's in your stomach, the acid will then squirt out into your stomach and it helps to break down and digest your food to then move on to wherever it's going next. If you have gallstones, they're literally stones that are inside of your gallbladder. And then when you eat and your gallbladder is trying to push that acid into your stomach, a gallstone will get stuck in the bile duct between your gallbladder and your stomach. And the pain is insane. And yeah, they confirmed that it was gallstones. Usually you can just have your gallbladder taken out as an operation. It's like the most common, I'm sure somebody in the hospital said to me once, it's the most common operation in the UK is gallbladder removal because it's a really common thing mm-hmm. that people have. Um, but my limitation was my weight. They said you had to be at a certain BMI to be eligible to have the surgery. So I said, kind of, what do I do in the meantime? You know, I'll, I'll work on it, but I'm in so much pain. And it would be, you know, fortnightly, I'd probably have one of these episodes where you're throwing up, the pain is unbearable, and, and it goes on for like a good few hours each time. And they just gave me painkillers, really strong painkillers. So, which do help, but they do really knock you out. So then for the next day after that, you're just like a zombie. Um, okay. So that's, and that's still where I'm at now. So that's what was the catalyst for me to start losing weight. Is oh, So you've still not been able to have the surgery no, so far? No. And you're still suffering with, with the gallbladder? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Liv, that's horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. It's cool. I mean, like I said, it was 2020, towards the end of 2020, that I was kind of diagnosed uh, with them. So I've kind of got used to it now. I mean, with with gallstones, there are trigger foods and kind of food groups to know so you know what to kind of avoid um I think Mm -hmm. it is marginally different depending on the person but for me it's like really spicy foods really acidic foods like tomato based um and then just fatty foods and I think that's what caused the gallstones to form in the first place was just okay too much fatty food so as long as you can try and avoid that, you're usually okay. And I mean, now I I would say I have like a gallstone flare up probably every few months, like one every few months. So I've, okay, so in, you've learned to control it at least. Yeah, but I can understand why you'd like to to remove it because m- my mum had her gallbladder removed really? years ago. But I remember my mum having the flare ups, and it could be like three o'clock in the morning. She'd be like on the floor in pain. Yeah, um, it's gnarly. I couldn't really do anything. The first time it really happened, like we had to call the doctor out in the middle of the night. And this was going back quite a few years, where the doctor was there was a night doctor in yeah. our town, and the doctor would actually come to the house, and it was like a really weird situation. But um, but yeah, I, I remember as well when she had the operation. She for some weird reason she brought the gallstones home with her, and she was like she had them in like a little surgical, like this clear plastic pot. Yeah. Because I think we were curious to see them. They're like a greeny kind of colour. Yeah. And she was like, she'd just like rattle them at me. And I'm like, Get them away from me. Not, I don't want to see that. But that's why it stuck out in my mind so much. Because of I remember her rattling the gallstones at me. Yeah. Um, They're horrible. She would love the fact that I told that story. <laughs> and uh, But I'm sorry to hear you're still suffering with that. And so this was the catalyst for you to start your journey. Yeah. And... For somebody who'd been suffering from being overweight, for someone who had low self-confidence and probably, you know, from a mental perspective, wasn't in a good place in terms of managing 
this situation. Yeah. What did you do first? Well, so this would have been, obviously 2020 was the year of lockdown. Obviously, it was difficult to kind of know where to start, especially when you have so much to lose. I think that was something that put me off for a long time is like, there's there's too much to lose. I have no idea where to start. Do you mind if I ask where you started in your journey? No, I've I've never said it. I was over thirty stone. Okay. So you know, okay, it's pretty big. Congratulations for for being braver and saying, especially if you never said it, because no. obviously I could, yeah, I could see. And this is, I guess, one of the new benefits of having a camera on because I could see your reaction when I mentioned it, and I'm sure if I didn't have a camera on, I, I wouldn't have known how you were feeling. I could I could see. It was uncomfortable. I think as well, when you've always been bigger, it's like say saying the number. Nobody says the number, do they? Because they don't want anybody to know. And like I remember at school, I vividly remember at school, it was like year four or something. So how old does that make me? About eight years old. One of the things they did at school was weigh everybody and you did it in front of each other. I don't, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I mean, to be fair, I went to school. I was eight years old a long time before you were. <laughs> Um, but I remember, I think it was like the height as well. Yeah. You, like you were, you were weighed and there was like a hearing test as well. If I remember correctly, we were listening to the beeps yeah. and you had to like tap every time you heard them. But yeah, I do. I, I remember that. It was like part of like a yeah. school curriculum probably. Let's weigh everybody. Yeah, that's UK school curriculum. Shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. And obviously that, I must've been about eight years old. So I remember being weighed and some little kid who was next to me was like, oh, you're this much. I don't even remember how much it was. But I think from then I was like, oh God, I mustn't tell anyone my weight because it's shocking and people are going to wow. think differently about me if I say it. So I just never said it and it was something that I held on to. But I, I don't mind saying it as much now because I have lost quite a bit of weight. So yeah, it's something that I'm trying to kind of let go of. Yeah, no, and power to you for, for <laughs> doing that and and sharing that now in front of, you know, the whole of the, the Weight Loss Warrior podcast listener crew. But do you know what something, if you're going to share it with anyone, you're in a very safe place yeah. with people who listen to this podcast because I'm sure there's people listening who are currently over 30 stone. There's people who have been 30 stone. Mm. And like you say, people talk about it. You shouldn't really talk about the number. And, you know, it's kind of like the stigma about exactly how much. And again, there's judgment attached to that. I think people fear that judgment mm. that could be attached to that. Yeah. But quite honestly, the person that you were, the person that you're becoming are two completely different people. Yeah. And even if you're over 30 stone today, it doesn't define who you are. No. And I think the important thing is for you is you're, you're doing something about your life in terms of making positive steps forward, which I think is admirable. Yeah. So what did you do then in terms of getting that number down in the first instance? Um, so because I was so much bigger, it literally was a case of at the very beginning, just going for a walk um and that sounds so like cliche like oh just go for a walk but it really was at, at the beginning I I could control my weight or begin to control my weight through food and, and I started on Slimming World um I, mm. I did that for about six months before I then switched to calorie counting so I, I controlled it with food but I couldn't do very much at all physically to try and lose this weight to begin with because I really wasn't very mobile I was carrying so much extra weight on my frame that it really was hard so even going for you know we live right by the beach being on an island so 
I would go for a walk for sort of five, 10 minutes. And that would be mm-hmm. as, as much as I could possibly do. But I just kept saying to myself, I'll, I'll start there and maybe in a couple of weeks time, I can hit 15 minutes, maybe after that 20. And, and it just kind of started from there. But yeah, I would say Slimming World and the kind of just small amounts of exercise. And one thing that I always kind of kept in mind, and I still do now, is with exercising, because I never have enjoyed exercising until recently, I would always just do as much exercise as I felt happy with. Because I found before, like family members and stuff, and bless them, they they always always had, you know, good intentions. But they would say, oh, let's go out for a walk or let's do this. And they would take me, but they'd take me further than what I was probably not capable of doing. But after I'd be with them, I would be so exhausted and just Mm -hmm. feel rubbish and, you know, sweaty and gross. And it made it then when I thought back to exercising as a horrible negative experience that made me feel rubbish punishment yeah it was just a negative thing so every time I've exercised ever since I've started this I've only done what I felt like I could manage and if it was five minutes along the seafront then that's what it was and then I just have gone from there and that's what I still do now because I want to keep exercising as a positive thing in my brain you know positive correlation amazing and I think for anyone who's listening to this it's worth rewinding and listening again or taking notes about this because because live honestly this is is such a great way of expressing it you've done honestly it's amazing to hear you say that because I think so many people will start a journey when they're feeling motivated mm-hmm. and and I've done it myself like right this week I'm going to go to the gym seven times yeah. I'm going to do this I'm not going to do that I'm going to do this and you can only maintain that pace for a certain amount of time because one, it's not realistic and two, you end up hating yeah. the process that you've created for yourself. Yeah. You just and resent so the fact it. for you. Yeah, exactly. And then you just end up stopping mm. when the motivation dips, you just stop. And it sounds to me like you are literally creating that new lifestyle mm. in which you can enjoy it, not just for a short period of time, but forever yeah. like going for a walk that you enjoy is something that you can do on a regular basis for the rest of your life. Yeah. But if you feel, oh, now I've got to walk for the next four hours just because I'm trying to lose weight, you'll just, you'll end up hating walking yeah. and you'll end up stopping doing it because like you said, the the aftermath of it, of feeling uncomfortable. And I would imagine as well that if, you know, joints would ache, your knees probably mm-hmm. could hurt, your cardio fitness isn't there, so you'd be tired. Yeah. It's a number of things and, and reasons why you could learn to hate walking. Mm. So. Yeah, I think it's amazing the way you've just described that, really. And so you started some exercise. Mm-hmm. You tried Slim World for six months, or you did Slim World for six months. What, what made you change? I'm curious to know. I think... Oh, Betty's here. Yeah, Betty is here. I, I, heard, I heard a ring of a, a collar, <laughs> yeah. and then I just saw a cat's bum, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, um, she wanted to I feature. Betty. Yeah, I never want to... You know, I never want to put Slim and World down because it's had some amazing results for a lot of people. It wouldn't be so successful if it didn't. Um, Including a lot of guests on the show. Exactly, um, exactly. And listeners. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's massive. Slim and World is huge and it obviously works for loads of people. 
it just got to a point for me that after sort of six months it did really start the weight loss started to really slow down and I was really plateauing I also the more I lost weight I kind of tried to look at it more from a nutrition point of view and a nutrition standpoint Mm -hmm. and being on Slim World and as somebody that loves or loved and loves food I would see that you know pasta rice as free and as much as you want and I would run with it like so I think Mm -hmm. I probably wasn't even using it in the way that it should be used but seeing that I was just eating so much pasta so many carbs because it's like lower fat and that's kind of the way slimmer world is um but the more I looked into nutrition I thought this much pasta is probably not that great for me if I'm trying to you know according to government guidelines and stuff about a healthy balanced diet and you know everything in moderation so that's kind of what where I made the changes I got more into my fitness and nutrition and I thought right I'm gonna where I was plateauing as well I thought I'll, I'll give calorie counting a go I followed a lot of Instagram accounts that were doing that so I thought let's just give this a go and it kind of just went from there that's amazing because you're dropping knowledge bombs tonight because I think what you've said there about the free foods and for anyone who's not familiar with Slimming World there are certain foods that you can eat in quantity you know unlimited quantities and the the theory behind it is these foods you can eat and still lose the weight now it's not to say that these foods have no calories because they do have calories and the truth is that you can't eat these foods in unlimited quantities and not expect to gain weight because ultimately they still add to your total calories being eaten in a day. However, with the way the slim world works, they take this into account assuming people are going to have what I would call controlled portions of these types of food. Now, I completely get it. Liv. If, you, if you're told you can have as much as you want of this, in your mind, it's like, well, bring it on. Because you said that you plateaued, that for me, with my knowledge of calorie tracking i would assume that the you you found that you were consuming the same amount of calories as your body was burning and was perhaps the portions of the free foods a little bit skewed so that you were actually not losing weight simply because you were eating more than you should have been yeah on the free foods and so it stopped working and from what it sounds like the fact that you went down a nutrition route in terms of educating yourself mm. I'm sure that you can probably recognize that yourself now when you look back at the beginning of your story. Yeah. So you've started following people on Instagram. Yes. You started gaining some knowledge on calorie counting. Mm-hmm. How, and I, this is a bit of a loaded question because I've been through it myself and a lot of people stop calorie counting quite early on because they say it's complicated. How did you adjust to it and how did you find calorie counting initially? It is a lot. I, I would say to to begin with, it it is a lot. I mean, it yeah, it was a big adjustment. I mean, you're weighing everything. So, I mean, now I've been doing it for a couple of years. It literally comes like second nature. And, and if I'm at my mum's house or something and I'm trying to make myself lunch there and she's like, oh, I don't know where the scales are. I'm like, what the hell? Because... I can't eat them. Yeah, like, how That's am I it. supposed to weigh Lunch this? is ruined. Yeah. So... It does become second nature, but at, to begin with, it does feel like, oh God, this is so much work and it's time consuming, but it does become just second nature and it begins, it becomes mm-hmm. so much easier, I would say. Do you still weigh all your food now? All of your meals? Yeah. Yeah. Literally everything. Some people kind of go between 
some people stop weighing it because they get a good eye for their portions and then they just every now and again give themselves a little test and start weighing stuff. I've talked about this before that for me, my, my Achilles heel is mozzarella cheese because I'll get a bag of mozzarella and I'll start sprinkling it on a bit. Yeah, that looks like 30 grams, a little bit more. Now it's 30 and I weigh it and it's like 60 grams just because you know, I love cheese that much. But the fact that you still weigh all the time, I, I think is is good. It's dedication, but mm. I can completely relate with what you're saying about it takes time initially yeah. because I would, I would disappear into the kitchen to make a meal and I'd be gone for like an hour and a half. And my wife would be like, what are you cooking in here? I like, oh no, I'm just weighing this. Like, Oh, take a grain of rice out, put a grain of rice into it. Yeah. And you don't have to be as exact, you know, you can be within a few grams, but you do have to have some discipline there Definitely. to do it. And I don't want people to hear this and feel discouraged by it because I honestly believe that initial learning curve, although it's quite a, a high curve that you go up to begin with in terms of adjusting to it, the service that it gives you in terms of a healthier lifestyle, mm. I think is worth it. The benefit is there. Yeah. And, and I just think being conscious, I mean, there's one thing that sticks out and I'm sure my best friend Molly won't mind mentioning it, but when I went from... And now we've said her name, Molly. Molly. So we know it's definitely Molly this Hi, happened. Molly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Molly. Yeah. When when I first went over to calorie counting, for sort of a regular pasta dish, pasta dinner dish, I would, and I still do have like 75 grams weighed out of dry pasta. So I weigh it when it's dry before I boil it. Mm -hmm. And Molly and I said, shall we measure or shall we put in the pan just to see how much we would put in regularly if we weren't counting it just to see how much we would actually put in and then weigh mm -hmm. it. So we did that and it was 200 grams per person that we were putting in. And I was like, my God, that's like way over, you know, double of what I should be putting in. So of course, but this goes back to exactly what we were just saying about portion control and foods that are free. There's still consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, it's, it's this is something that I've done as well, where like I've, you like eyeball something, that, like you just get into the habit of making something and you think, wow, I wonder what actually mm. the impact is, that, you know, how many calories that is. And sometimes it's shocking, I like know. the amount of like salad dressing I'd put on a salad or something, yeah. I'd literally drown it in it and then realize that that dressing alone was like 400 calories <laughs> of, of my, my healthy salad. Yeah. So the education and learning that this brings and awareness this gives you I think is amazing. And this is why I'm such a big fan of calorie mm. counting because it completely opens your eyes to really how you feel your body. Yeah. And some of the things that you consider healthy or are led to believe that are healthy and you're making good choices are just completely false. Mm. And this is, I think why in the world there is such a problem with obesity because it's misinformation and people are not educated properly in, in how to manage their diet. No. which i hope changes yeah me too and um me too. If, if they don't change it we will yeah. we'll change the world yeah um so it sounds as though that you managed to get your head around calorie counting mm -hmm. and your journey began and did you notice that the weight started to come off again after your plateau yeah yeah big time it was like you know when you start trying to lose weight and you have that first week where you lose a crazy amount like eight nine mm -hmm. pounds or something in a week that happened on my first week from Slimming World over to calorie counting. I remember losing a lot, which then obviously gives you a huge boost to carry on with it. And I, I, I think I think I thrive on the control. That makes me sound mm -hmm. crazy, but I think I like, nope. you know, 
controlling everything so controlling it it just something clicks it it hits a good point in my brain of being able to control exactly by you know by weighing everything out how much I'm eating and I think that's another reason why it works so well for me I think different things work for different people and I understand with Slim and Worldwide people like the more flexibility of it um in terms Mm -hmm. of pre-foods and things like that but yeah for me it was just that that control of when I was at my biggest I felt so out of control and this this was just what I wanted to ask you as well because I was my my actual question was going to be how many years of your life did you feel that you weren't in control of your diet or your or, or just your life in general because you were being ruled by your weight yeah ever since before I started calorie counting 24 25 years it's always been something out of my control I mean obviously when you're a kid you're you're not supplying your own food your parents do and I love my mum to bits but one of her love languages is definitely feeding she's a feeder so Mm -hmm. I had that as a kid but then obviously as soon as I hit a teenager I was responsible for my own food and that was definitely I was out of control with that you know just fast food all the time um being having my own car and driving it was just something that I do and I and a lot of the time it would be in secret as well um you know you hear of the secret eaters I would go get you know some sort of meal from McDonald's KFC whatever it was and sit and eat it in the car park on my own like just because it was like this instant gratification afterwards you feel horrendous and mentally and physically but at the time it's just I was so out of control and that's all I could think about so I think that's one of the main sort of things that I love so much about calorie count is that I have now gained control and I feel like I am in control of mind and body so my weight loss but also my mind and I'm more I'm more headstrong and I'm more if I can't be motivated be disciplined that's a big thing that I've tried to keep in my head because I just had no discipline on myself beforehand no but it sounds like you've really made a lot of progress there and having that control Mm. has obviously helped you achieve losing over eight stone which is incredible and and tell me about some of those benefits of doing that how you're feeling now as part you know at this stage in your journey oh there's just so much and like for anyone that's even considering losing weight like there are so many positives that you can't even imagine now that will come with doing that I mean like I said before, the confidence that it's given me of, of being able to achieve what I thought was just impossible. Um, mm-hmm. It's given me so much confidence. And it's not saying that you notice overnight. It's when you see people you've not seen for a while and they'll say, wow, you, you just look so much happier. You know, not just you look like you've lost weight, you look happier. So I'm definitely happier in general as well um just understanding my body more it's it's helped in that way of like you know natural cues of when I'm full and when I am actually hungry or am I just bored or thirsty that's a big thing um and just being being more active and being able to go for a walk with with Jimmy or you know whatever I want to do just being more active in general and keeping up with my other friends who are slimmer 
um there's just so much I could go on forever about all of the benefits I'm just genuinely happier more confident I'm able to be more active and actually live my life as a 20 something that I felt like I always wanted to do you know go out with my friends and go dancing or you know go down the beach go for a walk take the dog out be I you know I went on holiday last year and I didn't worry about plane seats or what are the restaurant seats going to be like you know just all things like that it's just there's so much that it brings and it's it's not just the the confidence that's come with it is the fact that we talked before about your your fitness level mm. your ability to walk further your ability to go out yeah. it's not just about how you feel from a mindset perspective although it's very very important mm. just for physicality of being able to move around and being more mobile having lost as much weight as you have yeah but I wanted to ask you Liv because a lot of what you've talked about in terms of mindset gaining control mm. uh you know, your your journey of, of binge eating previously mm. and you know, from what I understand you've managed to leave that behind I don't know if that's something that still comes back every now and again but what have you done to be able to achieve that in terms of improving your mindset I feel like a lot of it has come naturally with with losing weight it was kind of like once the ball was rolling well like when I was seeing myself lose weight it just then escalated from that because I wanted to take it further and I wanted to improve with it so it it's it's hard to say I don't know what it what it was really that has just clicked I do think it's true when they say you know to lose weight something just has to click and then it kind of your mindset just completely shifts and it was kind of that I think just just starting whatever point you're at just start Mm -hmm. like don't think it's so so far away because one day it won't be that far away you know I realistically I need to lose another four stone to have this surgery but a couple of years ago it was 12 stone you know so it's like Mm -hmm. just just starting just doing that first little step even if it's a five minute walk down the beach and that even that in itself if you achieve that makes you feel amazing and that's what makes your mindset click to then think right let's do 10 minutes, you know, let's see how far I can do this. So I think that was it for me is literally just starting because all the time I was doing nothing, I just felt awful. So. Mm -hmm. And belief as well. It just sounds like you, you gained self belief by proving to yourself that you could do it. And that, like you mentioned, the ball rolling, gaining that momentum Mm. with every small win, it forms this bigger win as part of your journey. And then, like you said, eight stones gone you've got another four stone to go. But before that was 12 stone. Yeah. And at day one, I'm sure it was probably impossible for you to imagine having lost eight stone. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's incredible really what you've done. And in terms of now getting closer to your goal, mm-hmm. and again, another loaded question because I saw a post that you put on Instagram recently about the fact that you've kind of, your your weight loss has kind of slowed down a little bit more recently. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about that if I could live, because I'm just curious to know what you feel has caused your weight loss to slow down yep. and also what you're doing in terms of getting back on track with that. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like it, it has slowed down. I mean, it's really slowed down. Um, I do think a big part of it is because 
and this sounds really stuck up but I do now regularly see people and they're like oh my god you look so good you've lost so much da 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 because mm-hmm. I have I have obviously lost quite a bit already so far so I think Hell of a lot. Every, every time somebody says that you think oh yeah I think it sets a little thing in your head like yeah you've done good like you can kind of relax a bit now so you're getting that reward the dopamine hit you get the yeah like gratification you get the validation exactly that so now I've got that I'm kind of just plodding along um okay yeah and I think also I was doing things like that may seem like simple things but even like joining the gym that was a huge achievement for me because like I said before I was like terrified of a gym so once I had done that and I was going to the gym, I was thinking, well, what more can I do now? I'm eating in the calorie deficit. I'm going to the gym regularly. So I've kind of got to this point where I'm like, what now? I think what what I'm trying to do now is, first of all, up the amount of times I'm going to the gym because it was very on and off. Uh, you know, I'd go right, for like okay. a few times one week and then maybe once the next week and then the week after I wouldn't go at all and things like that. So mm-hmm. I've told myself I'm going to, you know, take three sessions, for example, a week and I'm going to go and do that because not only is it going to help my weight loss, but it makes me feel so good. And it's time for myself. It's time away from the crazy dog that we've got. So it's good to you know get out and do that. And other than that, it's smaller things like, you know, I can go at a certain pace and a certain incline on the treadmill at the gym so now I'm going to try and go at a higher incline and a higher pace you know a faster pace I'm going to try and lift larger weights I'm going to try and try out different weights in the weight room because when I first started the gym I learned how to do I don't know four different weight machines Mm -hmm. in the gym room in the weights room sorry so then I got comfortable with that because that was an achievement. So it's like, what's the next thing is, oh, I should, you know, try out some different weights, things like that, I think. So it's just a combination of that. And I think also something that I did or started, something that I've started doing recently versus sort of a year ago is say if I would go around somebody's house and they would be offering biscuits or a cake or whatever, this time mm-hmm. last year, I'd be like, no, absolutely not. It's not within my calorie deficit. I've not accounted for it. I can't weigh it. So I don't know how many calories are in it. So I'm just not going to have it because I'm in my own lane and I want to, you know, I've got what I want to achieve. Um, and I feel as more this year, I've been kind of like, what's one piece of cake? You know, like I've lost eight stone. I'm just going to have the piece of cake, which by all means have the piece of cake. but when you're doing that all of the time, every time you're around someone's house and they're offering you something, it's going to affect your weight loss. Of course. So it's things like that. It's just getting complacent, I think, is is what it's been. Mm-hmm. So that's something that and, I'm trying to work on. Of course. And I think as well, when you've been on a journey for a long time, it's almost that feeling of like, oh, I need a break from it. Yeah. I need to to get it. And I completely understand the complacency that you you've mentioned because yeah. this year I've I've done exactly the same thing like I, I went from really finding it easy to lose weight controlling my calories being within you know 50 calories every single day of everything yeah 
and then trying to gain weight in the gym, all of a sudden it was like a free pass. It was like, well, Cole, you want, you need to be in a surplus now, but mm. I needed to be in like 200 or 300 calorie surplus a day. But I was like, I can have an extra beer tonight because, you know, before I wasn't even drinking and it's like, no, I can have a beer. I can have an extra bit of this. I can eat this because I need to be in a surplus. Yeah. And all that was happening, I was gaining fat and, and not really controlling my calories. And I think that from what you've described, I was interested to know, because again, I'm very much from everything I've learned, very much in a school of thought that either you need to increase your exercise or decrease your calories. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. The actual doing it is not simple. No. I don't want to take anything away from that or say that, you know, that's easy because it's not, but the actual science behind it is quite simple. So I wanted to find out from you if perhaps there are things you can do in terms of controlling that calorie deficit, maybe increase the deficit, maybe be a bit stricter with it. And mm-hmm. I mean, you alluded to it yourself just now. Um, and also the other thing, if I could offer, and if I'm completely wrong, just tell me, but from what I heard you say, everybody else has given you a lot of validation and noticed, you know, how great you're looking and how much happier you look mm. because you've lost weight. But at the beginning, when you started your journey, you didn't have any of that validation. No. You didn't have anybody telling you these positive things. No. And so you had to do it for yourself and really focus on your why and the reasons that you were doing it only for you. Yeah. And maybe that's something that you could look at in terms, or maybe are looking at at the moment, but if you strip away all of those compliments, if you strip away all the confidence that you're getting from other people and really concentrate on your own journey again and, and why you want to get that extra four stone, why you want to continue on your journey, you might fall in love with the journey again yeah. for yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, because it's it's true. I've been very much just taken in the compliments from everyone and people on. And you should. I know but, you should enjoy that. Yeah, and, and I mean, people on who follow my page are so lovely, um, and I get so many lovely comments. But it is if if I do strip away all of that, it is just me. And like when I think of things now, I try and think of you know if I'm out and somebody's offering me something I don't know any piece of food that I've not kind of accounted for and is not within this plan that I've set out for myself I try and think now like if I'm if I eat that you know you see it and you probably do as well with the, with the beer you see it, it's like oh it's just cheeky like it doesn't doesn't matter but realistically I try and think you are only cheating yourself 100% it's a Saturday this is my worst one it's Saturday my body doesn't give up if it's Saturday calories are calories and you go home and okay you eat that piece of cake with your friends and whatever but you go home and you get in bed and it is just you so like Mm -hmm. they're not going to think twice about that piece of cake you've had but you will and your body it will be inside of your body nobody else's i just think it's very easy to kind of lose sight or lose focus of your own journey when there's all this noise around you telling you you know ultimately already succeeded yeah when if you're not where you want to be just yet then you've still got a few more legs to go in the journey before you can say you've fully succeeded so i mean never take a moment away from you what you have achieved but at the same time probably maybe not hang on to that eight stone achievement Mm. too hard because it could even prevent you going further forward, yeah, maybe. That's how I've been feeling. And I think I do need a kind of rewire, restart. It's been an amazing conversation, to be honest with you. I've really, really oh, enjoyed talking too. to you. You've done some amazing things. And I just feel like 
in a year's time, we're going to have to have you back on the show to talk about everything else you've achieved because I have a feeling there's more to come. Yeah, that would be a bit of motivation for me as well. So please do. There you go. We'll, we'll book it in. Yeah. After the call, we'll book it in. We'll get a date sorted. All right. Where can everybody else follow you on your journey? Where can they go? Calorie Counting with Liv. That's right. I'll put the link in there. You've given a lot of advice already, you know, just getting started being, I think, the, the main one. But is there anything else that you wanted to share? Is there anything else that you would encourage people with in terms of going on their own journey? I would say make sure you've got the right tools at hand. So things like, personally, I use the NutriCheck app. So okay. get that downloaded or whatever you use. I know there's my fitness power. Get some sort of tool downloaded so that you can try and track if it is calorie counting you go for. That's the only one I can really mm-hmm. speak on. But get an app like that. Even if for a couple of weeks you don't actively try and eat less, even if you just track what you eat normally on a day-to-day so you can be more aware of what you're eating and go from there, I would say do that. Definitely a community around you if it's your friends family I found it with friends and family as well but the Instagram page has been just so great for me it's like a my own little diary like a modern diary mm-hmm. of just going on there just talking to other people who are in similar situations to you. you you might not see somebody who's in a similar boat that lives down the road from you but online you will like there will always be someone in a similar situation to you so I would say yeah people around you the right tools and just a bit of self-belief like just just start just start whatever it is like the smallest thing amazing and praise yourself for it whatever it is I think it's fantastic Liv I think absolutely amazing and thank you so much for joining me in terms of community you're absolutely right it is important and strangely enough I've found that I find it much easier to be honest with my feelings about my own journey on social media with complete strangers than I do having a conversation with my mates. 100%. And again, I think it's fear of fear of judgment. Yeah. Again, this self-limiting belief that if I tell my friends about how I really feel, they're going to judge me for it mm-hmm. or act differently and be weird around me. <laughs> um, but people I've never really spoken to or met before, I, I, I go on a story and telling people, you know, I had a bad day and explain why. Yeah. And it is important. I'd absolutely love if you join and, and you're part of the weight loss warrior tribe community on facebook yeah and for anyone who's listening or watching it's completely free to be a member of it and the community there is growing literally by the day where people in the same way as on instagram are helping each other supporting each other sharing wins together it's turning into like a really nice tight-knit little family of people looking out for each other so it'd be amazing to see you in there as well absolutely and, uh, for anyone who's listening just look for weight loss warrior podcast group on facebook or there'll be a link next to liv's instagram account liv thank you so much for being our latest weight loss warrior thank you thank you for having me it's been a pleasure to have you on the show you're very welcome and we'll speak soon okay yes this time next year perfect look forward to it take care of yourself thank you so much see you later bye-bye bye i'd also like to say a big thank you to you our listeners i appreciate you joining us at the weight loss warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.